If you think of the last time you felt stuck, are you able to describe it? Being stuck is definitely a shadow side of ADHD and one that can last a very long time if we hop on a train of negative thinking. And as cliche as it sounds, negative thoughts are stories we tell ourselves that turn out to be true only when we feed them. In this episode, I share a few tactics you can practice and an exercise to help you get unstuck. Welcome to the show. Honey, have you seen my keys? Huh, forget it. They're in my hand. There's more to ADHD than being easily distracted, scattered, or a master procrastinator. Being different is not a disability, and it's about damn time we break free from the shackles of society's labels and stigma. Hey there, I'm Zarina Boali, a French-Canadian journalist who found out had a uniquely wired brain at 40 and became a certified ADHD coach. This podcast brings forth a different perception of ADHD to help you amplify your brilliance and phenomenally stand out. Thanks for flying with us. Have a great day. Ready to blast off? Three, two, one. Welcome aboard. Most adults with ADHD agree that being stuck is an uncomfortable feeling. A number of triggers can explain why getting started or moving forward is so difficult. And it's a fact that dopamine has something to do with the paralysis feeling or the thought of doing something we know needs to get done. But do you know when and how it shows up? Do you know what thoughts race through your mind? What does your self-talk sound like? What limiting beliefs come nagging at you? Being unable to get started or to be under the impression that it takes forever to even begin to feel productive may be like stepping into quicksand. You try to get out of it and do eventually, but by the time it happens, the damage is already done because thoughts such as these ones kick in. There must be something wrong with me. I can't do this. I'm such a failure. I never do anything right. I'm not good enough. Before you know it, self-criticism has taken over. Thoughts and limiting beliefs are powerful. They come from the stories we tell ourselves and think of as true and that we've been repeating since childhood countless times. Thoughts generate Emotions, which in turn determine our actions. Repeated actions transform into habits and our habits make up our identity or how we perceive ourselves. That's why affirmations and positive thinking alone don't work. The most important and first thing you need to do is to go deeper to find the root of the limiting beliefs that are holding you back and create new ones that propel you. Our beliefs are a combination of concepts, thoughts, convictions, and opinions we've acquired or built up over the course of our lives. 
They filter the way we receive and respond to the world and also guide the way we behave. With ADHD, what we think and believe is also influenced by what others say about how we think and behave, do things in different ways, don't go unnoticed, interrupt or don't listen, are too sensitive, can't focus, get easily distracted and scattered, etc., etc., etc. We end up thinking the BS of being too much or not enough is true, are convinced there's something wrong with us because if we've heard it so many times, why would it be otherwise? But when you allow yourself to step out of your belief systems, it actually puts you in a place of choice. When you get stuck on something that needs to be done today, a task for a project you are working on or a goal you want to achieve, as a coach, I do many things and one of them is to help you raise your awareness. So the question I want to ask you is, what does being stuck mean to you? Oftentimes, the first thing we do to better understand something or find answers is search the internet and that's totally okay. But checking within ourselves to determine what information our inner wisdom holds is extremely important. What I've noticed is that sometimes when I get stuck, it's because I'm disconnected, out of alignment. And taking a moment to check in through a breathing exercise is very helpful. I close my eyes, put one hand on my heart and the other one on my abdomen, take a few deep breaths through the nose and exhale through the mouth while staying focused on the air going in and out. Nothing else. The paralysis feeling can also show up when my emotions are all over the place. It can also be when there's too much to do and I feel overwhelmed. Getting stuck in a rut is definitely a sign for me that something is off and the way I can best describe it is me sitting in my car ready to go and the engine won't start. Being stuck to me also means feeling scattered. Knowing what being stuck means to you is important because it allows you to set your own parameters or point of reference. Of course, you can start with the general idea or definition of what it is, but make sure you find your own. If you learn to pay attention to those moments and observe what's going on, you'll be able to intercept your thoughts and limiting beliefs and better understand your feelings and emotions. You will eventually see the negative train of thoughts come from a distance and you will be able to just watch it go by. Because you'll know that if you do hop on that train, you will only end up feeling worse about yourself. Most importantly, you'll be able to opt for a different way of thinking about yourself and rewrite the story. Now, it's not something that will happen overnight because the part of your brain who's there to protect you and keep you safe will do everything to make sure that you are. It took me a lot of practice and I'm not saying that I never fall into the trap of negative thinking 
or tell myself the most ridiculous stories that seem so true at the beginning, because I do. And this episode was actually recorded just before the podcast launch. And I mean, you should have heard what was going on in my head. I mean, all these beliefs that were, you know, trying to hold me back in making me doubt this big leap I'm taking with, you know, doing a podcast in English and sharing my vision of ADHD and my expertise also. When it happens, I take a step back to acknowledge whatever's there, do some thought filtering and some belief questioning. Being the one that determines what gets in and what doesn't helps you build a stronger mindset. You might already know this, but the brain actually controls 98% of the body's functions, including your thoughts. It's an incredible machine. Every second, it processes an impressive load of information at the average speed of 400 kilometers an hour or 250 miles per hour. Every day, you think about 60 to 70,000 thoughts and 90% are the same as the day before. That's a whole lot of thoughts for the average person. But when you live with ADHD, you also have a restless mind and are bombarded with a gazillion ideas. The ADHD brain also makes things appear a lot worse than they are or blows them out of proportion. Another way getting stuck can manifest is through rumination. I'm sure you've experienced this before where you replayed a situation in your head after blurting something out to someone that came out totally wrong and you regret it because you think you've hurt their feelings. The story you're telling yourself only makes you feel more guilt and regrets and you can't seem to be able to shift out of it. And if you do, it sticks at the back of your mind, impacting your ability to move forward. Knowing that we can ruminate over a thought for long periods of time, it's also important to know that negative thinking affects mood, behavior, and can lead to anxiety. I mean, think about it. How is it possible to concentrate, stay focused, and be productive if the mind is bouncing from one negative thought to another or is stuck in the loop of negativity. Over the years, I've developed the habit of noticing and becoming aware of what happens when I feel like I'm going around in circles. I have no idea or how to start something and it seems to be more challenging if I have started something and needed to interrupt it to do something else. That's why it's often difficult for us to transition from one thing to another, especially with hyper-focus or a task we find challenging. Best example I can give you is that even though I'm bilingual, my brain thinks slower in English, so it takes more time to structure my ideas and it takes up more of my energy. When I sit in front of my computer to prepare an episode, the first thoughts that come to my mind are, gosh, 
I don't know where to start. And if this happens without you being aware of it, well, you focus on the inability to start because your brain doesn't know where else to put its attention. It took a while before I was able to shift from I'm trapped and my negative thoughts are multiplying to being able to take a step back and approach the situation differently. Here's what you can do. Instead of trying to find out why you're stuck, ask yourself, what can I start with? Allow yourself to be okay with not knowing where to start at the moment and to see what else you can do to let in a different perspective. Shifting your attention on what you can do opens up possibilities. It also creates a shift in your energy. Dr. David R. Hawkins, author of Power Versus Force, The Hidden Determinants of Human Behavior, conducted over 250,000 calibrations during 20 years of research to define a spectrum of values, attitudes, and emotions that correspond to levels of consciousness and did that using muscle testing. Being human means... We have an ego, and the map or scale of consciousness of Dr. Hawkins portraits the different levels in which the ego manifests and operates at. Each level of the scale has an energy field or vibration, an emotion that predominates, and a specific way of seeing life. For example, the lowest level of consciousness on the scale is shame. The vibration is 20, and the predominant emotional state is humiliation. View of life is miserable and holds the feeling of something being wrong with you at the core level. Higher on the scale is optimism, with an energy field of 310 and the level of seeing the potential within challenges. Self-discipline starts to form and complaints starts to fall away. The scale gives a better understanding and some perspective on what happens when we feel emotions with a lower frequency. If negative thoughts show up when you're stuck, your energy drops. That's why asking what can I start with instead of why am I stuck can make a big difference. And there's no need to worry, get overwhelmed or anxious if you ask the question and you don't have an answer. As I often say, it's a matter of practicing, staying open and curious about what will show up for you. Sometimes I do that by taking the time to pause and identify what I need or what can help. I pick two or three of my favorite songs and have a dance party to help spark my inspiration. Other times, I find it helpful to get away from my desk for a few minutes to create headspace. Instead of putting pressure on myself, I look for ways to change my thoughts so it's easier to reassemble them so they benefit me. One thing I've noticed when I get caught up in whatever negative thoughts I'm having is that it escalates pretty quickly, stirs up all kinds of uncomfortable feelings, and sometimes, well, it's tough to get out. So here's a few things you might want to consider and observe when negative thoughts show up as it might help you to stop them. 
Negative thoughts are automatic. Thoughts and feelings are not you and they rarely tell the truth. Beware of black and white thinking. Pay close attention to these words. Always. Never. No one. Everyone. Every time. Seeing only the bad in a situation. Not getting all the information and jumping to conclusions. Guilt, which might show up with rumination, that is, playing a situation over and over again and imagining the worst. Negative self-talk or labeling, like idiot, stupid. Not questioning your thoughts. If a negative thought isn't necessarily telling the truth, finding out what it's lying about can reveal interesting insights. Let's say you're telling yourself, I always need more time to complete a project or a task that requires a lot of focus and attention because I get easily drained, so I'll never be able to meet the deadline for this one. How is this thought lying to you? Answers that come up may be, that couldn't be further from the truth. I don't always need more time and miss deadlines. Yes, It happened before, but it doesn't mean it's going to be this way every time. Needing more time doesn't make me incompetent. This situation appears a lot worse than it actually is. Here's some great coaching questions you can play with. How is this thought serving me? What positive thought can I replace it with? What would happen if I didn't listen to or believe this thought? How can I see this situation in a different light? What options are available to me? These questions are great because they help you better understand the impacts ADHD and negative thoughts have on your state of being. Allowing yourself to take a step back, be curious, like I mentioned, about what's going on and practice redirecting your thoughts will help you preserve your energy instead of feeling mentally and emotionally drained. According to Dr. Joe Dispenza, author, scientist, researcher who specializes in neurology, brain science and memory formation, If you're thinking the same thoughts as the day before, 90% of the time, you're demonstrating the same behaviors 90% of the time. And you're embracing the same emotions as the day before 90% of the time. You begin to fire the same circuits in your brain in the same sequence, in the same patterns, and the same combinations. Now... What if avoiding the pitfalls of ADHD was possible? By deconditioning and unlearning what our parents, society, and education taught us, what we know or think we know about ourselves or our uniquely wired brain. By choosing to feed our thoughts in a more loving and kind way, our bodies with nourishing whole foods, and our soul in ways that enable us to connect to who we are beyond our challenges, ADHD related or not. I truly believe we miss golden opportunities to grow if the main focus is on ADHD only, 
Things change, evolve, and so do we. One thing I love to do is question the status quo. And that's what I did with ADHD by asking myself, what if there were other ways or other explanations that would broaden my understanding? That's why I trained in holistic kinesiology and theta healing. And I combined that with my coaching to help my clients get to the bottom of the iceberg, try finding the root of their challenges, release whatever is ready to be, reprogram for something that benefits them and discover aspects of themselves they didn't even know existed. It definitely helped me release past traumas and subconscious conditionings. Every tool or technique I use, I've tried before, and that's what happened with holistic kinesiology and theta healing. So here's a few coaching tips that I want to give you to help you get unstuck. Observe without judging. Choose your words wisely. Be open and curious. I know I've been saying this a lot, but it's very, very important. Take whatever resonates with you. Experiment so you know what helps you increase self-awareness. Here's one of my favorite exercises to reconnect with my genius. I've added my personal touch to the Magnificent Me exercise because when we connect to the emotions we felt when the moment actually happened, I find that it makes it more powerful. And the first time I did it was when I was training as an ADHD coach, and it was so amazing. Every time I do it, it elevates my vibration, gives me a boost of energy, and helps me shift my focus. Feel free to be creative with this exercise. You can write, draw, mind map, whatever's good for you. You'll need a piece of paper and your favorite pens, coloring crayons, or marker. The idea is to describe the magnificent me moment in as many details as you can. I'll share mine to give you an idea, but first, let's begin with step number one. Think of one event, moment, or experience where you felt anything was possible. You felt confident, in your power, grounded, at your place, in your genius zone, wowed and in awe, proud, overjoyed. How did it make you feel? Step number two. What strengths, talents, and abilities did you use? Write down everything that comes to mind. Step three. Why did you feel magnificent? Step four. What was your mindset in the process? What did you focus on? Step number five, what did you learn about yourself? My magnificent moment goes back like way back in 1993 when I applied at Mount Royal College in Calgary to go study journalism. And the school standards were so high, but that's what I liked about it. Like it was a challenge. And just to get my application considered, I needed to build a portfolio. A portfolio with a lot of things in it. Three writing samples. I needed to complete three questionnaires, write a letter, 
And I did all my education in French, so I had nothing written in English. But I sat down and I used my creativity. I mean, I tapped into my creativity so much. I chose three different styles. And I remember writing this piece about the hockey player John Cordick who had died of an overdose. I also sent a sample of one of my children's books that I had written a few years earlier. So to make sure that my portfolio stood out from the other students that were sending in an application, I remember choosing different colors to print the different questionnaires and writing samples in the portfolio. So when they opened it, it would, you know, catch their attention. So I used my creativity. I used my determination. I used this will because I wanted to become a journalist. That's what I wanted to do. And it's the school I wanted to go to. That's where I wanted to go and nowhere else. So I did everything I could so that I would get a letter or a call saying we would like to see you for the second portion of the process, which was going to Mount Royal in Calgary and having an interview with one of the teachers. I mean, there were so many steps before I got the letter saying, we're glad to announce and tell you that you've been admitted in the journalism program for the fall of 1993. I mean, so that's where I go back to when I have a shit day or things are just difficult or I have this these negative beliefs that are just, you know, fusing from everywhere. I hope you have a lot of fun doing this exercise and feel free to share your magnificent me moment with me. If you have questions, I've dropped my email in the show notes of this episode or you can leave it in the comments and I will gladly answer it. Remember that 90% of your thoughts are the same as the ones you had yesterday and that you can start changing them now. Also keep in mind how the ADHD brain is really good at amplifying a situation to make it seem worse than it actually is. I so appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you. If this episode resonated with you, let me know what valuable insight you're taking away and how you can implement it right now. Don't hesitate to leave a review on your favorite platform and share on social media. Until next time on Phenomenally ADHD, own your genius because you rock just the way you are.